and welcome to another episode of the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. Uh, I am one of your hosts and unable to think of a pop culture reference at this time, Brian. As always, I am joined by the co-captain of this podcast ship, uh, Darcy. Hi, I'm also not great at pop culture <laughs> references, so we're working together quite well this week. <laughs> yes. No, some, some, day, some weeks is easier. Some things hit the zeitgeist and it's just, it's a lot easier to come up with something. But yeah, this week I'm like, uh, I can't really think of anything. So I'll just be. We could be variable colored visions. That would work. Yes, yes. I'm, it's awesome reference to early 90s Avengers comics going on in one division right now, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Good West Coast Avengers information. If you are a West Coast Avengers fan, this is your week to be alive. So um, the, the, that version of the vision was in the, the arcade game for Avengers. And I used to always think yes, it was. Yes, he was. And I thought it was the Silver Surfer <laughs> until recently. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's completely and utterly believable yeah because yeah. it definitely has the kind of same vibe as the silver server but with the cape so yeah it's all good well um we are here to talk about independent comics even though it is fun to talk about one division and everything so um, i'll get that train rolling here so we'll start off as we always do uh with news uh, we've got three items to cover um first up the magic and excuse me, the uh, family and magic-based drama Excellence currently has a Kickstarter where backers will receive a hardcover collected edition of the comic. Uh, the Skybound Signature Edition of Excellence will collect issues one through nine with over 32 pages of bonus content, including sketches, covers, scripts, and what actually really excited me here is the original written proposal um, by the writer Brendan Thomas that he wrote to sell the series. Um, Excellence is written by Thomas and drawn by the uh, wonderful Carrie Randolph, who cite who cites references from Kendrick Lamar to Street Fighter to Marvel's Black Panther. Um, per the Kickstarter description, this is a story of Spencer Dale's born into a world of magic and has yet to reach his full potential despite his family's powerful bloodlines. His family his father, Raymond, is a high-ranking member of the Aegis, a magical Illuminati-like faction uh, who work to better the lives of others of others and those with greater potential, but never themselves. Now, it's time for Spencer to follow in his famous father's footsteps, but all he sees is a broken system that, that's shattered the relationship between father and son and in need of someone with a wand and the will to finally change it. But in this fight for a better future who will stand beside him so i've read the these issues actually that are going to be collected and i really enjoyed them so i definitely recommend the the content um we did speak about uh, excellence it was one of the Dwayne mcduffie diversity award nominees so um it's definitely a, a an interesting and unique package to pick up from kickstarter yeah i remember talking about it and it definitely sounded good then and it's one of those Hey, some things come through on Kickstarter that sound like really good deals, just like financially good deals. And there's a lot in this that if this is something that you're interested in, like financially, this feels like one of those that's a decently good investment. Uh, still not necessarily something I think that's my jam, but <laughs> if, if this is your thing, I think like financially this sounds good. 
no no totally and and i'm usually kind of steer away from when a kickstarter is with, especially with content that uh has already been published or is being published but in yeah. this in this case you're getting an edition of the book that you can't get anywhere else plus you're also getting Extra a lot of stuff bonus exactly so um i'm definitely all for that and i i'm really excited just to kind of see like how the sausage is made um so knowing that the the letter for like how he described the series and how like he got you know green lighted by image comics is is pretty cool <laughs> i would like to see that yeah that yeah that's nice background all that kind of extra stuff is always nice to have in there yep definitely okay so Next up, uh, Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hahn's epic comic Die will be honored with a British Fantasy Award this year presented by the uh, British Fantasy Society. Uh, Die is the story of five tabletop role players uh, being trapped who get trapped in a fantasy world and are looking for a way to escape. Uh, it's mesmerizing and heartbreaking and will probably be a main topic soon for a future episode. So congratulations to them. It's definitely deserved. Congrats. I still haven't read it because I'm kind of waiting for it to appear here. Um, I'm sort of expecting one of us will pick it to read. So I'm holding <laughs> off on reading it, but I love Stephanie Hans art. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I've liked everything she's posted on her Twitter. Um, but yeah, I kind of, it started about the same, like right before we started doing this and I kind of expected we're going to read it eventually. So I'm just not reading it. <laughs> yeah, it, it will probably be a subject soon, if not in the next few months here. Um, yeah, no, and, and the covers themselves, the Stephanie Hans covers are probably one, some of the best design covers I've ever seen in my entire life. They're absolutely yeah, they're great covers. Yeah, so just the covers alone is definitely worth the admission on that one. Okay, so I have last... Um, it's kind of a rule bend here. Um, just, well, what we're about to talk about used to be an independent comic, but now is owned by DC. So we're just gonna, you know, let, let it slide because it's, it's still very important news. Um, the, so DC Comics announced this week uh, who the creative teams will be for the initial three series that are a part of their upcoming milestone, milestone comic revival. Uh, from the Screen Rant article, it says that Static Season 1 will be written by Vita Ayala with layouts by Chris Cross, uh, one of the original Milestone creators, and actually I think one of the co-founders. Um, and the finishes will be by Nicholas Draper Ivy, and covers will be by the aforementioned Carrie Randolph. Um, Static's first season will span six issues and release digitally on Monday, April 11th. Icon and Rocket Season 1 will be written by returning original Milestone member Reginald Hudlin alongside Leon Chills with art by Doug Braithwaite and covers by Turin Clark. Icon and Rocket will release digitally on Monday, June 27th. Uh, Hardware Season 1, uh, which I believe is the Iron Man kind of character, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, is written by Brandon Thomas, uh, aforementioned as well, with art by Dennis Cowan and Bill Sankovitz. Um, I could never say his last name correctly, <laughs> but I try. Um, and covers by uh, Mateus Mahahini, which is another, I'm sorry, <laughs> mispronouncing everything today. Um, Hardware's first season will release digitally on Monday, August 15th. Um, we have 
spoken about milestone before and it's great news that this line is finally coming back uh with new material like you said uh dc is definitely part of this but it definitely feels completely separate they've always really kept this completely separate which feels really stupid to me like Mm -hmm. a lot of these characters would work with the rest of the dc universe but it's kind of i i don't know they've done I mean, they do this with, you know, the Midnighter and Apollo and all those characters. They try to bring them in for like half a second and then they toss them to the side. They've got a bad habit of doing that. I don't know what their problem is, but they do it. And they've done it with Milestone. And if they want to toss them to the side, you know what? That's fine. Keep these characters separate. They're probably better off being separate. It looks like what they're doing with these characters is good from what i've seen so far it looks good mm-hmm. everything looks good and as compared to you know i haven't bought a dc comic in two years for decent reason <laughs> yeah absolutely this is definitely um a good thing that's happening now and not a couple years ago or a year ago because it probably been yeah treated a lot differently um yeah but um no the the um the creative teams are awesome uh i will r- pick up at least one issue of anything that vita yala re- writes so i'm all for that um and as you were saying so like i got introduced to milestone characters through cartoons so, like i'm sure a lot of the like, other kids from the 90s did same yeah and, and so static was eventually like on batman beyond or or was a was like a member kind of of like the justice league as an adult and it yeah like you said it works like it, it, he worked as as a team member with the other dc characters and then young justice had um icon and rocket and once again like they it was it was perfect so why why are they not like that in the comics you know i wish they would be as well it, but they pull them apart i don't know why i i do not understand the mindset at that i i just i cannot i cannot understand it i you know there was stuff that came out today i just cannot understand (laughs) what is going on at that company ever um but you know what that's and the book we'll talk about today you know yeah. The stuff they say about Superman. I love Superman Smash of the Clan, the only DC book I've bought in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Great book. Yes. One book they did perfectly. Then everything else, garbage. That's not true. I just <laughs> didn't pay attention. I'm sure they've done other good things, but you know, I haven't bought in two years. And you know what? I haven't been sad about it. Yeah, you're it's yeah, nothing to really be missed. I've, I've been perfectly fine. <laughs> There's a few gems. Um, like Far Sector um, was really good. Uh, I've heard good things about Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen was pretty fin- good. Yeah, it, it, if you like Silver Age comics, which I know I know you are a fan of, you'll like yeah. Jimmy Olsen. It's definitely a, a, a fun tribute to those comics. Um, but um, also, I mean, Apollo, I'm sorry, Midnighter was like mm. the best part of the Grayson series a few years ago so that was yeah I definitely read that but that yeah. was lots of years ago yeah, I bought Midnighter and Apollo and Midnighter yes. like four times I mm. bought that book like four times because I kept leaving it places <laughs> just spreading the wealth just <laughs> spreading the wealth yeah. that's awesome <laughs> it happens it definitely does but hey, it's something worth buying over and over again I think I've purchased 
um the long halloween at least four times in my life because same reasons so it happens yeah you know you let someone borrow it and either you're like eh, just keep it or or you just leave it somewhere <laughs> you know so yeah. yeah it definitely happens okay you well, gotta get them signed or something yeah i so, did that with i did that with a cult i had like i had almost all the issues of the cult and then i couldn't find issues two and issues three and then I finally found issues two and issues three, but they were in a group. You had to buy one and four with them. So I had to buy the whole thing over again. So like I own issues one twice and issues four twice. And I own just one copy of issue two and issue three of the calls. Yeah, no, and that's, hap- that's happened before to me as well. It's definitely when you're trying to collect complete sets and yeah, just just to get it signed, I was like, I have to have these middle two issues. No, totally. I uh, I um the speaking of the the long Halloween, actually had it was a Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale sign from Comic Con, and that mm. copy got lost when I moved to where I live now, and I don't know where it is. Which is oh, really that yeah. sucks. So, yeah, that's that sucks. It must have been in a box somewhere or we didn't pack it. I don't know what happened, but that that was definitely a blow <laughs> when I yeah, yeah I bet when I found out about that. Um all right. Well, um let's go on to our quick hits, uh, which was where we talk about comics that we've recently read and review. Um Darcy, uh, what have you brought up this what what do you want to bring to the table this week? Well, I said I would come back with my Vernon Grant book when it came in I expected it to take a while because it was a small uh, shipper and it was supposed to but for some reason it came in one week so I'm coming back with it this week Um, so the whole book was the adventures of point man Palmer in Vietnam but inside that book which is kind of like a history of Vernon Grant there actually was a full first issue of Adventures of Point Man Palmer and his girlfriend, Invisible Peppermint, um, as well as a bunch of other little like comics, little uh, just like one shot comics and stuff. But um, I talk about Point Man Palmer and his girlfriend, Invisible Peppermint, as well as maybe like a few of the other little comics. Uh, so this first issue um, is just kind of like uh, it's very much in the style of like 60s comics, but um, uh, uh, almost like a parody to some extent and definitely the way you'd expect uh, written by uh, an adult for adults. Uh, So you've got like this short little kind of dumpy guy who gets uh, drafted for the military uh, and his girlfriend, who's also kind of like a dorky girl, uh, is very sad. He gets shipped off to basic training, but in this uh, long bit of exposition, like goes on this rambling thing. Oh, he gets misplaced and goes into like marine super training or something like that before getting tossed back into basic. Uh, during this whole period, Peppermint's like, I have to go protect him. So she goes in, you know, classic comic book fashion. She's going to create the serum for herself. Uh, but uh, apparently she's an idiot. 
oh, she no. got a D in science. So it's it's like really funny. She's like with all the you know she has from her D in science, she creates this um this serum to make herself invisible, which actually works. But it doesn't just make her invisible; it makes her super sexy because this is you know a comic for adults by adults. Um, so she's invisible and naked, of course, as you would be um and just completely stacked it's got you know like her measurements mm -hmm. uh, and in a lot of the other individual comics like there's little jokes about um uh like playboy because playboy is not very old at this point so like instead of um uh dropping propaganda for like the Viet Cong or whatever we're dropping uh playboy leaflets and stuff like that which they might have done what do I know it could be. um it why not yeah um and so uh when palmer gets sent over to vietnam uh peppermint kind of goes with him uh, but she's invisible this whole time and like at the very beginning you start out and palmer's already there and peppermint's with him and palmer seems to know peppermint's there um, and they're like lost together somewhere in vietnam but when you go back in time and get like the origin um he's like doesn't seem to know she's there and he's getting into all these like weird hijink situations and pepper like beating the shit out of people and like <laughs> she's protecting him because he's getting in all these stupid sorts of situations because he's kind of like a little fumbling kind of stupid guy um but it's kind of really funny. I kind of really liked it. It's got some problematic elements because, you know, it's the 60s and mm -hmm. it's this dude in Vietnam. It's, you know, it's got some issues, but yeah. it is still kind of funny. And the whole peppermint being this like dumpy girl that had a crappy grade in science, you know, <laughs> trying to make herself a badass to go protect her boyfriend, but instead turning invisible with big boobs and going to beat up people for her boyfriend was kind of funny. So I liked it. Um, you still didn't get Love Rangers, which I was very, very sad about, but you did get a really good copy of the cover, color copy of the cover for Love Rangers, which I liked. Nice. Um, you got a lot of little individual copies or comics uh, that were like, uh, that he drew while he was in the military that like were passed around in like military newsletters and stuff. So they were very specific for the military in jokes and stuff. So I didn't necessarily get a lot of those, but they were still very interesting. They reminded me of like World War II comics, World War II era comics, which were obviously made for children during World War II, like in uh, the Green Hornet magazines were a lot of World War II soldier specific short comics that got shipped over to soldiers fighting in World War II. They were very military jokes, but they were made for kids and this was obviously made for adults. So like the content was very different. But one thing that I really loved in this was he, uh, Vernon, sat through a presentation on um, from a general talking about how they needed to cut back on spending for uh, radio communications. And he sat through the whole presentation, didn't say anything, and then wrote a letter to the general and included a comic 
where his little avatar, his little chibi avatar was talking to the general's little chibi avatar, talking about how that was a dumb idea and how in the future, like radio communications were going to be really important and basically outlined drone warfare like with this little bitty UFO drone and like this, like uh, it really, it just kind of looks like drone warfare. It was kind of terrifying, um, but he did the whole thing and he has the whole thing. And uh, Betsy, his wife puts the letter in there and puts the comic in there and he sent that. And the general freaking like replied and it's like, yeah, this is kind of funny. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and it was like a whole thing. I was like, all right, that's, pretty that's cool. interesting. So there was, there was a lot of really interesting different stuff in here that I kind of didn't expect to see. A lot of interesting stuff in here that I kind of did expect to see. Um, it, it's a really, like from a historical perspective, uh, it's definitely not the sort of view you generally get uh, of Vietnam, which tends to be like, um you know tough gritty white guy shit in yeah. you know what's that movie that everybody watches about vietnam with Pl martin sheen in it platoon apocalypse now apocalypse now oh yeah yeah that, right yeah. yes that's that's you know war, war uh the vietnam the war everybody kind of thinks about this is something completely kind of different um and i really liked it like not that i want people to think of the vietnam vietnam war as funny or anything because it totally fucking was not mm -mm. at all it's not a joke but it's kind of like the daily life of you know like people in war and what it can do to your thought process and like how you live that life i thought was very interesting um you know just like making jokes about radio communications and the fact that they were already thinking about drone warfare in the 1960s yeah it's interesting absolutely sounds very interesting and you know sometimes what's that the cliche like sometimes if you can't laugh you're gonna cry so it's good yeah yeah i, I mean it was yeah, it was totally that i mean there were really you know like scary jokes being made like some of these things were really scary but also really funny and you know I mean, it is what it is. It's yeah. No, it it looks it looks from what I can find on um, on the internet, it it looks pretty cool. Like it like it it definitely I can even see more the 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 anime influence that you had mentioned uh, last week, mm. and and I also kind of get that um, oh you know like kind of that uh, not Rockefeller. What's his name? The who drew all the the covers for for um good housekeeping or you know rockwell <laughs> i kind of got well yeah i, I kind of got a rockwell norman, norman rockwell, norman rockwell. Yeah. yes 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 not yeah <laughs> so yeah definitely I, not as detailed but it has that it has that kind of nostalgic vibe to it i think it's the coloring it is very kind of rockwell-esque as well mm. but i i, I yeah very soft colors yeah and so I definitely en enjoyed what I saw. So I'm, I'm very interested in, in getting more of that and seeing more of that. Okay. Well, late Darcy, um, my quick hit is something that we've uh, mentioned before on the previous episode. 
Uh, it is um, By the Horns, number one, from Scout, Scout Comics, uh, with story and direction by Marcus Nasso, art, lettering, and design by Jason Muir, and color art and effects by Andre Tabakaru. Um, full disclosure, uh, I was provided a free copy of this issue by the creators of the series, uh, so take that as, as you will. Um, I actually uh was 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 definitely looking forward to this uh, as i had mentioned a couple weeks ago um and i gotta say it did not disappoint um it is um you know kind of a quick brief a quick brief uh recap uh it's a story of elodie who's kind of on a vendetta mission um with a with her psychically talking deer slash wolf companion Sajin that uh, they're, they're going after unicorns because a uh, unicorn had killed her husband Shintaro. Uh, it's not elaborated how that happened yet in the comic. I'm sure that'll kind of come up later. Um, but um, so her, her mission kind of spreads out um, because she can't find any unicorns and you find out later kind of why. Um, so it, her vengeance and her vendetta kind of spreads to any kind of creature or monster that has horns. And so she's so while she lives in a small village, and while everyone else is toiling away and farming and helping the village, she's coming home with heads of monsters that are basically useless <laughs> to the village. And she's just because she's going on this killing spree. Um, and uh, and 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 really, the only thing they can do is make soup out of the uh, the heads. But the soup, I guess, is disgusting. So no one wants to to eat Elodie's soup. <laughs> So, so since since she's no longer a help to the the village, she's actually exiled for a year, and so she so she ends up going on kind of a a, a further hunt for unicorns to kind of get it out of her system. She finds out that there's a wizard, um, which is the reason why she hasn't been able to find any, who have also been hunting unicorns and has captured a bunch of them in order to basically siphon the power. A magical power of the uniforms to basically bolster their powers. So, so she's going on a rescue mission in a way. So she's going to go to uh, fight this wizard, but not to rescue the unicorns, but just to make sure that they're that they are murdered. So she's taking care of business. Um, a rescue murder mission. A rescue murder mission. I'm going to go save you so I can kill you. So. Um, I got major Monster Hunter vibes, like the, the video game Monster Hunter, because um, it's like, you know, a, like a human sized character fighting monsters that are like huge sometimes and are definitely look more powerful than a human should be or could be. And also what I really liked about it is that it's a fantasy book. It definitely has the fantasy vibes, wagons, villages, dirt roads, all that kind of stuff. And but there's also hints of technology in it i guess is the best way to put it like um the one of the elders the actually the father of Elodie's um uh, late husband it has like like a like a computer component in his head like that like kind of like lobot from from spider or not spider-man star wars i don't know where i got spider-man from star wars yeah yeah and like like and then there's and then there's a part where Elodie uses like a literally a pistol to take down a monster. So it's not just so there's definitely a kind of a, a sci-fi slash like you know modern technology vibe to this besides being a, a fantasy story, which is kind of a cool twist. Um, 
also um the you know uh it has heart to it it definitely does um it 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 dealt a little bit with trauma during the first issue you can tell that that's probably going to be one of the main main subjects and topics and themes through the entire series that that they will that uh, LD is obviously going through you know PTSD slash trauma of loss of, of losing her husband how does someone deal with it how how does someone get through it um you know some some stages of loss are our violence and that's where she is right now <laughs> so um it'll be interesting how how this progresses and how the character progresses well i'm not against it it still sounds really interesting but i just you know unicorns i don't know if i'm okay with the murder <laughs> <laughs> so far there hasn't been I'm, well i guess i'm a bit i'm a bit of i'm a bit of a a, a brony or whatever I, I don't know if i can handle it <laughs> I totally understand that. And I was going to say there was no violence so far, but then I remember in the first two pages, it starts with, with a, with a unicorn being attacked and then then the record scratch goes back in time and kind of tells you how they get, they got there. So whether or not it's the main character doing the attacking is unknown yet, but yeah, um, I could totally see that. And, and also if, if the unicorns ultimately turn out to be good in this story, this particular story, then I'm sure that that'll be addressed as well. Like, oh, like I was wrongly accusing you for doing what you did, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The story goes, you know, and that, I, I mean, I've seen them be assholes in other places yes. because, you know, they're so pretty. I, I've seen that in other places. Yeah. Where was that? I saw that not too long ago where they were pretty assholes. So oh, I'm so gorgeous. I'm going to be a complete dick about that. I saw that not too long ago. Anyway, I, I have seen that. Yeah. I'm not against that portrayal of a unicorn, but Violet. they're really pretty. They're yeah. horses. I've, I've got a little, I don't like to admit it because, you know, I like to be uh, quote unquote, not like the other girls, which is really <laughs> stupid. But I do, I do do that. I still have a little bit of that envy from middle school. Um, but there's also a little bit of that, uh, you know, tiny little girl likes horses also um, that I I can't let go of. I I grew up in the country. I rode horses. I like unicorns. <laughs> I totally get I, it. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, I absolutely totally understand that. I sometimes dream in Lisa Frank, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I absolutely know what you mean. It, it definitely, uh, I think it's definitely can cross anything. It's, you know, and plus also, um, no, I, I think I, I was mentioning um, the show Gravity Falls, how they had the, the, the asshole uh, unicorns in that one where they were, they were making people do things for them because they were so beautiful. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think you said that in the last one, maybe that's yeah. it. I haven't seen gravity Falls, so I don't think that's it, but maybe I just absorbed it from somewhere from a meme from Twitter. I <laughs> definitely recommend if you ever have a chance to check it out. It's fun. Um, all right. Well, um, so I think those were our quick hits. So we have now reached the main course, which I'm actually very excited about this week. Um, we uh, will be talking about Dragon Hoops by Jean Nguyen Yang, uh, published by First Second Books. Um, I chose this book this week because uh, we decided that March is actually going to be themed. Uh, we're going to be doing a sports month uh, this, this month. Sports! 
sports. Yep, sports, 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 sports. Um, because I mean, we got spring training starting. Uh, March Madness, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. Spring training. You know, regular regular season hockey. I mean, I'm I'm excited about that part, but you know, <laughs> oh um, <laughs> so just hockey, yay, yeah. just hockey. Um, hey, but, I'm I'm just excited. Baseball's appearing again, so I can't you know make fun of anyone for anything. No, I totally no. I uh, um my I have notifications on my phone for the the Angels, and I started getting like notifications that the Angels games were on again, and I'm like, yay! It's like even though it's at, in the middle of the afternoon, I can't watch it because I'm at work, but um, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> um, I I specifically chose um Dragon Ho- Hopes. Um, excuse me if I can say that. I specifically chose uh, Dragon Hoops because it was my favorite or actually my second favorite graphic novel release last year. And probably I would have had ranked number one if I hadn't already chosen the aforementioned Superman Smashes the Clan as uh, my, my top big two book of the, of 2020. I, I, I didn't want to give Yang both number ones in my top 10 list. So even though he pretty much deserved it. And pretty much deserved it. He he had a good year last year. Oh yeah, no, totally. Even the Shang Chi for Marvel was pretty good. That came out yeah. towards the end of the year. Um, so Dragon Hoops is actually the story of Yang when he was a teacher at a private school in the Bay Area of California uh, called Bishop O'Dowd High School, which is known for their competitive basketball teams. Um, after a brief encounter with the coach of the team, Yang asks if he can follow them around during the season so he can record the story for the new graphic novel that he is writing. Um, Yang is not a fan of sports or basketball or really anything of the like. Um, so he brings an outsider perspective to the story, but at the same time is not at all cynical or discouraging of the sport, the players or the fans. Um, besides telling the story of the team yang also creates a meta narrative by biographically capturing his personal trials and tribulations about writing this book as well as the balancing act that he has to perform while doing so with his family teaching and writing career uh what we get is really heartfelt and raw story that is a that is about a basketball team striving to be their best um a comic book creator striving to do the same as well as an in-depth historical look into the history of basketball uh it is creatively put together and um and it's for both sport and non-sport fans uh darcy uh, what did you think about that i really loved it um it's uh, i like when i try to think of any kind of criticism for it uh, the only thing maybe i could possibly come up with is i would have liked to see more of the women's team maybe like they came in at the very very end and you find out that um a couple of the girls had played with ivan and paris the year before or not the year before when they were in middle school and it's like that was really cool i would have loved to see just a tiny bit more about that um and you get kind of like one line about it and like middle school like girls playing middle school boys basketball like that's not a thing that happens very often and that's like super something you know like I I would have loved to see just a little bit more about that story as part of Ivan and Paris it's like history like Jean kept talking I don't have much about their history or their background that's like tell that story that's (laughs) 
absolutely the only criticism I have of this entire book. Uh, otherwise, as a sports comic, from all the sports comics I've ever read, it's pretty much spot on, kind of perfect. Like, it's got a really good balance between, like, character background and I know these are real people but you know like character background you get really good built-in narratives with these characters you get really good like heart from all of them um I, I know you miss out on some characters he kind of focuses on some of them more than others but you get a good number of them that are focused on um, and are given good depth or given good backstory um <laughs> which is great you get kind of some tension that he builds with the old coach um and he does that nice throughout the series uh you kind of I mean I'd not heard that story about um uh the old coach whose name I just forgot and I totally had written down and I can't find it Phelps Phelps uh coach Phelps um like there's only really one thing that people kind of get let go for and people get uncomfortable about at schools you know what it is yes uh so it's like you know what's coming and it comes and it's you know somebody made a sexual assault claim against him so you get it uh so when it drops it's not a surprise but you know oh look it's a story that has this tension that goes through it <laughs> And like, I, you know, as the story goes, it kind of all makes sense. It kind of all works. Um, I, I don't like even when I found out like the first couple of pages when Jeans was actually a part of the comic, I was kind of like, oh, are we doing this kind of thing? Mm -hmm. But I was surprised how much I really, really liked that because I don't I, I didn't expect to like that and I loved it a lot one thing I didn't know he was a teacher uh like that wasn't I you know I follow him I kind of I'm a fan of his I, I really like him uh, I didn't know he was a teacher I that was the thing I didn't know about him and I I really enjoyed reading about that part of his life about reading about him you know I read his freaking Superman run and I was like holy crap this is how he did Superman um so all of this is really interesting backstory for me for him um the art was really fantastic that little thing he said when he was talking to his consciousness or whatever uh you know I'm a I do bad characters uh bad caricatures I was like no you don't these things are super cute his characters mm -hmm. are adorable um so I, I loved all of them they're very readable uh it's very easy to tell who's who I, I i loved it i love the whole thing the basketball games themselves uh, i said this when we uh uh did our last basketball comic um basketball is not really my sport uh, it's the only sport I ever played, but it's not my favorite sport to watch. Uh, so those games themselves were not my favorite parts of the comic. Like the character parts were my favorite. But as far as like paneling them out and making them interesting, uh, that part was very well done. Like they were dynamic. They were 
definitely part of the story. And so even though, you know, I preferred the character scenes, uh, he did the basketball portions super well. Um, and sort of lastly, the historic pieces uh, were probably, uh, I don't know if they would be my favorite pieces, but I really appreciated uh, the historic moments he brought in. I thought it was funny that it was the same basketball background every time. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the same basketball background. For, this is the creation of basketball in, you know, the same, the YMCA building. And this is the uh, girls basketball in the same building. And this is basketball in China and the building looks exactly the same. I thought that was funny. Um, but I, I really liked that historical perspective that he brought in uh, because, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, Ken Burns's basketball or baseball documentary, and it kind of felt very reminiscent. Oh no, yeah, it, it has it has a very almost like a like a biograph biographical cinematic approach to it, like like a Ken Burns documentary. I could totally see mm. that. Um, the what you were just mentioning, kind of like the repeating motifs in in the book, um, yeah. uh, like like the the um, all of the the naysayers and slash experts in the historical parts were always the same like old white men right yeah and like even like when there was in china it was a whole bunch of old white men then he added like one chinese character like as as a naysayer as well right and so it was yeah i i i really enjoyed that kind of it very much has there's a lot of cohesiveness in this book um with like those they those kind of repeating themes um one of my favorite repeating theme and it's used a lot um to great effect is the step like the step towards doing you know doing something like like your, your decision to to go forward essentially um almost every backstory that he tells um has um, a panel of, of the character's feet and it, there's a lot of feet panels yeah yeah and it literally has them stepping over a line and it says step <laughs> so it's like yep they're okay you know it's kind yeah. of it's kind of an obvious uh metaphor you know but it's it 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 works uh, it definitely does and it kind of it kind of unites all the characters as well because every character you know is making a decision to to do what they're doing you know and like and like kind of going you know against you know the they're not taking the easy path like that that step is obviously a hard step that they're taking so it's it's pretty cool like that that motif there um the the caricatures the um every i i ended up after reading this for the first time i googled everybody <laughs> just to see what they looked like in real life and they're it was pretty good like like he, he like like he calls himself a bad character like artist but yeah you're right it's he's definitely not it's you could tell who that that these characters look like the way you know the sketches are you know like they, i should have done that i didn't yeah. do that i should have done that um i liked the i liked the meta narrative where um uh, i'm forgetting the name of the of the of the student he was the the of punjabi or, origin he was and um he had come up to to Yang and was like, oh, I really like the the things that I saw on Tumblr, the sketches of us. Um, but hey, can yeah. you like redo my hair because it's not his right. bangs? <laughs> yeah, my yeah, bangs. his hairline. And the, and then like and then so then the next panel, the bangs are it different. Changes. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, 
that was that's so cool i just like i like the little details like that you know yeah it changed like three times every time the panel changed his hairline changed just a little bit yeah trying to find that right hairline yeah that was cute and then you find out later it wasn't actually a conversation it was a text message and because he's talking with his wife yeah it was really interesting how that worked out yeah. I think my favorite thing visually was uh, the assistant coach with the baby. <laughs> yeah, and every time he would curse, he would put he would do earmuffs over the. He baby. said he said fuck so much and constantly <laughs> was covering up that baby's ears, yeah. but he always had the baby. And, and when he has the so baby funny. in the stroller, I think that one scene when he has his stroller and he's about to curse and he puts the stroller like the, yeah. the bonnet over the stroller, <laughs> <laughs> like that's gonna block the sound. Yeah, yeah. So, no yeah that, that was that was pretty cool um constantly had that baby just all the time yeah you know, i i i like the little inclusion was was great it was definitely like the, there's a lot of little cool little visual like like comedy in in this besides there being was. a story and so that, i i enjoyed it i think um i i also enjoyed like the personal stories um and more than like the the basketball stuff but the basketball the the work was very kinetic and you can tell you can see the motion you can definitely mm. play it in your head on what's happening in the game you know mm. like um but um i what really made this book very enduring to me is the creative process and and he's literally writing about his creative process you know in this story in the story it's it's about making the book that he's writing and i thought that was pretty cool like when he's having the 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 talk to his wife about whether or not he's going to have phelps in the book and then he's like talk to himself and then it turns out to be (laughs) she's like you're not i'm not even your wife i'm you (laughs) you know like you're just making this your wife you know to you know for narrative purposes it took me a second to get the idea that he it it took me a second to get the idea that this story like the story itself is going to take like you know like a couple of months but writing the story is going to take longer so breaking that down because he says at one point this story literally took me years but it the story itself cannot have because this is one basketball season so it's like breaking that down in my head was like you know this happened at one time but the writing of the book took much longer than that so like where was this book in comparison to when the season was kind of thing exactly and he had just written another book and and yeah like kind of that took him six years or whatever exactly so yeah, I mean, and, and then I'm sure things changed over the years, you know, like other experiences probably influenced the experience, you know, how he wrote the experiences in this book. Um, you know, I mean, what is it 14 or 15 that this book takes place? I think 14 is what it, it yeah, I think it was 14. So, and it was published in 19, or sorry, 20. So, so about five years to write and edit. And right. Get, get, get done here. I like the, the 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 way the chapters kind of you know would separate the story to 
and and then we would focus on individual characters like individual people and like their kind of perspective and sometimes it would be the same part like story over again but from a different perspective of that character it, it was a pretty nice storytelling mechanism there um the the one kid who had who had sprained his ankle and he's kind of like the positive kid and he, i liked him a lot oh, what was it? adam alex alex right yeah. oh alex uh, he no was no the, alex the is alex is the boy that moved over from china yes yes and um but uh, he he was um you see him on crutches before you get to his individual At story the beginning. Yeah. yeah so I, I i so i thought that was kind of cool like you are you're skipping back in in time and you're seeing things and um oh and i absolutely loved the rivalry between the brother and sister and the, the siblings yeah they were my favorite too i think yeah. in in the entire book if they were characters i don't want to say i have favorite actual human people yeah. but you know characters aren't necessarily the same as they are as people and gene doesn't actually necessarily know them as whole people which he admits you know kids don't tell themselves to adults or whatever but as characters in this book those two siblings were my favorites yeah uh, they they were fun the way they talked about their lives the way they talked about their basketball I, I think they were very enjoyable the two of them together um and the way they kind of were you know the way their story came out the way their basketball was with their family uh, even though like their dad wasn't necessarily a basketball player and their mom wasn't necessarily into basketball just because the two of them really, really loved it. You know, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that it, it was definitely, definitely nice to see that relationship. And, and, um, and, and I, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what the, the, the hobby or, or sport it is, you know, it's, it's great to see, bonding you know especially between two siblings yes my brother and i don't have anything we do together but yeah i still love him <laughs> no totally uh yeah my sister and i um not not as much either um maybe the closest we've gotten the last 10 years maybe was pokemon go but i think we both dropped off of that about a couple years ago so no, no longer anything in common um but yeah but no um but yeah like um the individual stories um like you mentioned with alex you know um wanting just basically like it seems like he's being picked on the entire story by the coach um because that the coach was is hard running yeah. hard very very hard on him and like the second he fouled somebody he was he was he was put back on the bench and but he ends up having kind of his moment to shine where he becomes like an expert three-point shooter and and you know especially in the last game against uh, modern day um for the championship he's very much a big part of that because he's sinking those those three pointers and keeping them in the game and then you find out at the end like um you know gene go, goes up to the coach and basically says like hey like just so you know i talked to alex about your relationship with him because like you even said that you sometimes are too hard on him um and and he was like oh no this one he's not not nearly as bad as it would have been if he was playing basketball in china and two like 
you know, the coach was giving me rides to, to, to um, school every morning for, for morning practice when the, the coach didn't have to be there that early. It's like, I know that the coach cared for me. You know, he was just being hard on me to get, to make me better, which he ultimately did. And there was also like, because he was a transfer student, first of all, like he wasn't like a lot of the other boys where he started off there from like freshman year or whatever. Uh, so he was a transfer student that came in late um, as well as being like an international um, student. From the very beginning of the story, you see there's like a space between him and the other students that as you go through the year, become smaller and smaller and smaller until they're a lot closer together which is very very sweet that there's that character progression with him and the other students they become closer and that's nice it's and it's very subtle too it's not like it's not hitting you over the head with with that that part of the story it's you know you just kind of see it in the way the way yang draws the panels like the kids are slowly getting closer Mm. and closer together you see alex like fist bumping the other the other um players on the team and everything so it's mm. yeah i um yeah there's a little there's a there's a lot of of heart and thought that went into this and you can totally tell yeah it, there was one thing i i don't know like alex's story i think i mean it it hit me earlier on definitely but Alex's story was really, I think, the one that kind of really, really hit me because Alex is the one super making all of his own decisions in all of this. You know, like he's the one who decided he was going to go to America to play basketball. And then while he was living in Rhode Island playing basketball, he's like, all right, this isn't good enough. I'm going to go to California and play basketball. And like this kid, when he made this decision, he could not have been older than 15. Yeah. Okay. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I... <laughs> and and he's a real kid. Exactly. You know, like when you see shit like this in like fantasy novels, it's like, okay, that's fine. Like that's a thing you do. Um, but you have to it like put you back in that mindset of I remember LeBron James and I are about the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, by about I mean like we're pretty much the same age because uh I was watching like all of his draft stuff when I was in school and just thinking because we graduated at the same time and just thinking this is kind of freaking absurd and it was always amazing to me how well he handled himself you know when he was drafted how well he handled the media and how well he did all that shit um because I was thinking you know me no way in hell. I, you know, I did theater and, you know, when we were going through regionals and we were going through all that shit, I was fucking terrified the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have to put up with ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have put up with ESPN. Right. But looking at this, they don't just start, you know, when you get drafted, they start really fucking early. They start, you know, when you're super super young you start that shit when you're sophomores they start that shit really mm-hmm. early on these kids are already used to this and you're like 14 years old yeah. that's crazy no absolutely like, really started blowing my mind and yeah. i guess technically i knew some of that from watching lebron when i was a kid 
Um, but it, it hadn't so much sunk in that 14. And because I was a kid when I was w- watching LeBron be a kid, maybe it didn't mean as much to me as it does now that I'm 35 and going, okay, these kids are fucking 15, 16, 17 years old (laughs) and making these humongous decisions for themselves. Fucking mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Me and Kobe uh, actually, um, he, he's, I think he was a year older than me. And so it was the same. Like I just thinking about (laughs) like, wow, like this is what he's doing at this age. And I could never do that like mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. not stand that and like there's even that point in in the in the championship game um uh, when the, where they're on ESPN and Yang even mentions like this kid is 14 years old and he just like like right made this shot like a professional with like right. all the lights and thousands of people in that in that in the uh, arena millions of people watching on tv not everybody is going to be your fan that's watching you on tv either so Mm -hmm. it's like yeah no i i i get i don't know how people listen to our podcast but i get stressed out sometimes thinking like oh there's gonna be more than just like you know my friends listening to this so i can only imagine being on national television and like trying to be your best you know and trying not to mess up um Oh, the kid uh, who who has sprained his ankle um, and it has like the the awesome um, like outlooking life and everything is um, Austin Walker. Austin, I I just looked it up here. Um, Yeah, he yeah he was, I he's the type of kid I wish I could be. You know, when I was a kid, he was so down to earth. Yeah, that whole I'm gonna go into business. I'm gonna be like he was so incredibly chill. Yeah, I wonder he, how he is now. Yeah, that that would actually be something I I I don't think I I ended up googling him um because but I was looking for the people who who moved on to where they would actually still be in the the limelight and mm-hmm. um but um but no he um yeah and the whole like he he's his first name is Austin one of the stars on the team is Paris Austin and so Paris yeah and so so that the whole scene where where Yang's like like does it bother you that you that you get confused with Paris he's like no because I know I'm Austin Walker like I know who I am so I don't care <laughs> I which mean, is so friggin chill for a 17 year old yeah exactly like like ego testosterone all that stuff would prevent most kids from saying something like that you know so especially in a in a in a sport where um you know like he's obviously not the best player on the team but you know he's good enough to be on a competitive you know basketball team that's gonna that goes for a championship and he's one of the starters so obviously he's good (laughs) you know so the fact that he is so beyond himself to be able to say that that's pretty amazing right exactly to i'm just being secure in yourself at any age to not have like those sorts of deep insecurities i mean maybe he was just you know putting on a front which is totally possible yeah (laughs) or maybe he just felt super good that week also possible but you know sometimes we're more secure in ourselves when we're young than when we're older so maybe he's not as secure today as he was back then but I hope he is I hope he's still doing incredibly great I hope 
he's rocking life as much as he was at 17 because it made me feel so good to read his parts of it because you know what somebody should do that good at 17 <laughs> yeah no absolutely um yeah I, I i wish the best for for him definitely too because he he actually is really <laughs> was, was really cool um what, yeah he was probably the most inspirational character for me like i'm so glad all these kids are amazing at basketball like yeah whew, they were great but just somebody knowing who they were and like where they stood with themselves i was like hell yes <laughs> inspirational <laughs> no totally um i really liked the the um the story um the personal story of um of jeevan he, he was the kid i couldn't remember his name earlier the um who of punjabi and right Sikh origin um oh like the whole thing about gandhi gandhi and yeah. so you know and like that's not something you know that you don't really ever think about especially as you know for me like a white male in in america you know you're just hammered home that like gandhi is this hero to all and to peace and everything like that but there's other sides to stories and his he also forced his wife and children to starve themselves while he was going on hunger strike so that was the thing exactly he's not yeah and like you know he's he's not a god he's not perfect and 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 then the what what he ended up doing to the Sikh people who um you know like is it, is absolutely like you know horrendous in its way too because they ended up becoming a genocide because he was he wasn't allowing them to be separate to the Hindu and um to Hindu people and if I'm correct like Sikh is 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 um monotheistic and and Hindu is polytheistic there's definitely differences yeah. and so like you know the fact that 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 wasn't separated you know ended up you know killing a lot of of, of Sikh people and that's and I can I totally sympathize why she even did not like Gandhi and that it's all it's it's almost offensive and embarrassing that you have to like learn how great this person was that you've grown up not liking for good reason you know so well that fits that whole you know there's tons of people like that that we're taught are super super great and they are often not super super great you know like don't be fans of real people yeah <laughs> like the never meet your hero kind of thing never meet your heroes yeah a lot of them are super super awful mm -hmm. no absolutely and um i liked the 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 look into race and and look into segregation in the stories as well um the whole the 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 whole story about um like the first like the, the one of the first games where a black player and a white player were playing against each other and they ended up in a brawl and they're all the the pundits were like oh blacks and whites can never play with each other because it'll cause you know there'll be race riots and problems and 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 then it's proven wrong later with the harlem gochotter lakers game and i i like that whole narrative and then the 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 kids or the the fans the racist fans in some of the places that they go to you know like um i i really enjoyed the narrative of of like seeing how the kids not only are they you know having to deal with basketball their own lives puberty <laughs> like gr growing up they also have to deal with this 
constant murmur of 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 race because they're they're of color and there's like asshole white people who you know don't mind yelling at somebody um for something that they that they are and they can't control well it's one of those things like racism something that uh people of color are gonna have to deal with anyway which is shit but Mm -hmm. you know it's america and we're shit and (laughs) it's kind of like a fact of this fucking country um but for some reason uh people fans in fucking sports stadiums sit on they just think they can yell fucking anything yeah so when they you know it makes it worse it makes it worse people are assholes in sports stadiums so it's like it's bad enough that you have to be a kid in america and black or asian american or an asian in american he's not asian american um well yeah and then you have to be in front of them and basically performing for them and fucking fans are fucking awful (laughs) seriously absolutely terrible sports fans are the worst (laughs) as a hockey fan (laughs) uh, i've heard many stories um uh like especially from like players like pk suban uh who is one of the like the few black players in the nhl uh essentially whenever he'd go to to boston um uh, most places he went to but he said especially boston it was just like the things he would hear from the fans and like he just had to like tune them out because he couldn't do anything about it Um, i mean i guess that's the only thing you can do really exactly it sucks it's it's i wonder if i wonder if COVID's made it better because people aren't there. Maybe, yeah. Or they're and they're not at least not even as close as they could right. be. But it's it's sad when it's when a plague is <laughs> it's uh, makes it better for somebody. <laughs> that's 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 not the way it should be, obviously. And like no, it's and not. Hopefully it gets better. Um yes. we do what we can to get make it better. Um but oh god texas has opened up did you see that I, we're at 100 i got I no got mask mandate 100 percent. news today and uh. i i my the office i work for um we're a we're a satellite office to an office in houston and and i which I, has every variant yeah so i was just very much like um I didn't even mention it to them. I'm just like, I, I don't want to, to ask because I'm sure the people I talk to every day are not happy about this either. So, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm just, well, science is real. Science is real. Science is real. No. I, um, there was one thing on the historical section I thought was super interesting because I didn't know, at, like the House of David thing I knew there was a House of David baseball team. I didn't realize House of David had a basketball team. So I thought that was fun. That was a little thing I learned because, you know, they were religious. Yes. Um, so I it made sense. It wasn't like they could only play baseball, but I didn't know they had a basketball team. But yeah, like they originally, it was the House of David, like people who were part of the religion played baseball and people who were part of the religion, I suppose, played basketball. But eventually, like, there weren't enough of them. So the House of David was just a team. 
and to um, uh, to be part of the team, kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters had, you know, like their style. Uh, the style of the House of David was you wore a beard. And if you didn't have a beard, you wore a fake beard. Like on the baseball team, there was a woman who played for the House of David for a while and uh, for the House of David baseball team. And she wore a fake beard. Uh, Babe Ruth played for the House of David for a bit. Um, and he wore a fake beard. Like a couple of Yankees went and just like played exhibition matches with the House of David and wore fake beards. Um, so yeah, it was like a thing. I, 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 I didn't know that. they also played by played basketball. That must have been super hard because fake beards back in the day <laughs> must have been just terrible and like crap to stick on with like terrible glue. Um, baseball, like you can stand still a little bit longer. Yeah. But basketball, you're jumping all over the place. <laughs> that plus, must have been difficult. Plus, in basketball, you're you you run the chance of getting hit in the face a few times and. <laughs> Yeah. It, oh man. It's yeah. I, I, um, I'm, I'm obviously 100%, um, for wearing a mask, but when I, when I'm, when I'm out walking, I do like a five mile walk in, in the mornings on Saturday and I'm the only one out there. Um, I still wear the mask, but it's like, so there's some points there where I'm just like, I can just feel the water in my face. <laughs> and so I can only imagine wearing a heavy itchy beard doing the same thing that's yeah no kidding crazy um but yeah i but i uh, know and and one of the things in that whole that whole part that i i learned as well um, i didn't know about about the house of david i didn't know about the baseball team that you just taught me something right now um it was so fun that that's pretty cool though um and um is that the harlem Globetrotters are not from harlem <laughs> they're from chicago no, they're and, from chicago and it was just though that people knew that they were black is that they had the name harlem to it and so i thought that was really cool and really interesting um i i um i also liked the little story about the the one the one showboater in college um who had the, the coach that uh that didn't like things like that, but he decided on the last game of the year um, of his senior year to, to showboat and then he got in trouble, but he's like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and, and he had to getting... show off for Jackie Robinson because exactly. you're going to, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. No matter whether or not he had, he was on the Dodgers yet or not, he was still, he was still famous and he was still famous in circles. So it's like, of course. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Even if it weren't my last game of my senior year, I would still showboat a little bit for Jackie Robinson. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, no, totally. I totally 100% agree. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed all the little, little tidbits of history. Um, that, Cause like, you know, it's, so, the sport's been around for a hundred years. So obviously it's gone through a lot of different things and a lot of different, like you know forms throughout the years so it's just great to to see that you know like to 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 know more about something like this definitely adds to the story i also liked the the story about mikin the the real tall guy <laughs> the who became like the first like the catholic yeah the catholic yeah, player who, who wanted to be um a priest and then he got recruited to play basketball instead and and how like his posture like he was six foot five and he was like 
you know, everyone hunched over because yeah. everyone was sad or because everybody made fun of him because he was tall. Exactly. And then you can just see his posture slowly get more and more straight up, you know, like it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty cool. And the fact that he ended up actually making the rules change in the game because he was so dominant. I always like stories like that, you know, like where one player basically changes the game because like he does something that no one thought that anyone could do and he was he was literally standing by the 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 um the rim and knocking anything that came near it so that's now goaltending but back then you know it wasn't ever even thought of as possible being a possibility so there was no rule against it and so i thought that was cool i forget what baseball player it is um but he was a pitcher um he pitched for the cardinals i remember that but and he was so dominant pitching that they actually had to lower the mound um like legally like the 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 height of the mound is actually lower now because this pitcher was so dominant in pitching and so just like stories about that like this guy was so good that they had to change the game to make it more still competitive for other people so that was pretty cool google says uh maybe no i'm not sure it's in 1968 yes apparently 1968 bob gibson bob gibson thank you that's it yeah um that that is that is totally it um totally him so that yeah stuff like that it's it's pretty amazing that you know yeah there's a lot of that and for some reason in baseball it hit pitchers a lot like a lot of things pitchers do like uh you know they tightened up the ball and you know they couldn't uh, do anything with you know they couldn't dirt up the ball they couldn't scuff the ball they couldn't do anything with their sleeves like there's a lot of stuff pitchers did to make we'll talk about this next week because yeah. we're doing a pitching thing but <laughs> it fair. really hurt all the rule changing they do in baseball really hurts pitchers and like helps batters mm-hmm. they never do any they they don't do shit to batters whatever i can it, rant for hours <laughs> yeah every, everyone likes the long ball is why you everyone know, every, everyone likes fucking home runs yep exactly you would rather see someone i i personally would rather see someone strike out 27 people in a row than see someone hit five home runs in a game but that's just i me. like good pitching yeah 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 definitely but it's not as it's not as kinetic or not as exciting i guess it's not as exciting yeah all right let's well, back yeah basketball, we'll, basketball, we'll, <laughs> we'll be talking about baseball next week like you said um but no i um yeah i I absolutely um, like the little stories, the little history uh, about each character, um, um, the the narrative of of writing the book. I mean, he he really really blends a lot of stuff into this book and makes it very much very interesting. I I was uh, I was gonna ask like one of my first questions that I was gonna ask like I like in my head was like oh like I compared to I'm out to the sun which was what we you know discussed a few weeks ago um like like what what do you think is like like better or blah 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 but then I was like they're totally different books like they're even though they're both about basketball and playing basketball on a team they're not comparable and like they're both great for their own reasons and so this is it's definitely yeah they, they both have basketball in them but you know one's a biography of one's an audio biography plus a biography documentary the others you know like 
fiction, they're, yeah, they're completely, completely different. They just happen to both have basketball in them. As stories about the basketball, I think <laughs> I prefer a map to the sun. Yeah. I can totally see that. I don't think there's definitely not a wrong answer here. This is definitely like two great things talking about them. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I I don't necessarily know why, but I I, yeah I think I I preferred that more. And it's absolutely no hit on this because this is definitely super interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I just if if I had to choose one, I think I'd prefer that. Maybe because it's a little bit more dynamic. Um, but oh god, this was such a good book. I cried like five hundred times reading yeah. it. Oh yeah, I um definitely did, especially at the end when they when they spoiler alert they win, and they win. Yeah, I and and like because like it's the entire story is is arranged so that you're not as a reader if you don't know the story that happened already it's arranged in a way that there's no way you can tell whether or not this is going to be a story where the the team is successful like because um you know the the one of the the motifs that's repeated in the story is like the hero always wins in like fiction but this is not fiction so like what you know he was actually worried that like what if the team doesn't win the championship it's like this is all for nothing but his wife's like no no it's still the story of these kids and what they overcome so you know it's still a great story to, to tell and i do definitely agree. it's like rocky you know rocky's a great movie and i think it's even better because rocky loses at the end you know so it's it, it doesn't have to be hero always wins it doesn't have to be hero always wins. And, you know, maybe that's another criticism I have. Um, not that they won, you know, good for them. Yeah. It's a story about a real story. Of course they won if they won. Um, the the com hero he's comparing them to, I'm not sure if he picked Superman because then he went on to do Superman and he knows he was going on to do Superman. Mm -hmm. Again, they're children. Like, why not Superboy? Why yeah. not like Robin? Like they're Connell, yeah. They're they're Connor. They're yeah. Dick Grayson, Tim Drake. Why why why? Because he 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 does he literally talks about like Ivan and Paris, and he's like, you know, they have their Superman for them. They have their Clark Kent for me, and I'm like, they're not adults. Yeah, that, that's it, very it, true. It, it is it is a little. I did have that thought when he said that. I just kept thinking you need to stop talking about them like they're adults because they're not adults. And I, that was something I did think about at several points when he was comparing them to adult superheroes that I wished he would stop comparing them to adult superheroes because they're children. And I, I did feel at several points that it was not emphasized enough that they were kids and that would have been nice, I think, because there is a tendency in this country to not only idolize uh, sports figures, which we do, obviously, we pay these people millions of dollars, mm -hmm. but with, you know, college students to a huge degree, but also these high school kids, you know, they play 
like you said in the very beginning, you know, they're playing in the same areas that the Golden State Warriors play in. You know, they're playing in these humongous high school basketball, you know, what did he say that one court costs like it was like several million dollars it's a high school at a high school millions and millions of dollars this one cost it's like these are children and sometimes that gets lost and you know I'm glad they're very very super talented and I'm glad they're super successful and I'm glad it gets them really great places you know a lot of it gets them to fantastic, successful, wonderful places. And that's great. Um, but they're also kind of children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know that that was emphasized enough. The analog would definitely be a little smoother if it was like, like you said, like if it was like a kid, like Robin or, or, or like um or kind of yeah yeah I, I could no and and yeah that you make definitely a great point because yeah I, we do we we and the thing is too is that is that that you know the, with the way the way the fans are treating the kids too these are especially that one the one game that they did out of state those were adults yelling at kids <laughs> yelling at racist things and because i think they also tend to not remember that these are kids or they don't care yeah <laughs> and, and that's a that's a complaint you see a lot of times um what like uh uh activists and like black lives matter activists talk about with uh young black kids all the time get uh called and talked about as if they are men mm-hmm. and women as opposed to boys and girls and a lot of these athletes are boys and girls being treated as men and women and their children yeah but kids. you know espn treats them kind of like adults and they're expected to act like adults for the media and they're not yeah they're and that's put- kind of it's kind of terrifying but it's it's kind of on the same level that actors are and i think we're coming around to that like with the you know like the britney spears thing the dialogue that's happening around britney spears and like mm-hmm. paris Hilton now like we're kind of coming around to that which is fantastic we need to be that these like child actors need to be friggin treated better Uh, but it's mainly around actors right now I don't think people really come around to this concept that we treat kid athletes the way we treat kid athletes like there are a lot of people I don't think know about the way people treat children athletes like you know my mom doesn't watch ESPN the way like my grandpa used to watch ESPN Mm -hmm. my grandpa watches you know high school girls softball because he'll watch any sport yeah he's dead now but he would Mm -hmm. so when espn when when espn follows around little league girls softball if you know whatever my grandpa will follow that and you know they do leave them alone follow the sport leave the kids alone kind of thing i don't know no, I totally, I totally understand that, and and they kind of 
he kind of dives into it in the, in the book too with like um well uh, you know he mentions like the the league baseball how it brings millions of, of viewers um you know in you know yeah the the sport girl how yeah. people will pay attention to little league boys world series but not the WNBA and those are adults <laughs> and mm. but yeah yeah they're, yeah and, and it's 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 a very it's very it's very interesting and then the thing is too is that like a lot of times these kids are almost treated like like they're not even like they're sometimes dehumanized in a way because they're they're seen as like prospects and they're seen as like 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 the the um the the one kid on the um uh, on the on the basketball team oh my god he's like the the main kid on the basketball team the the Ivan. Ivan, thank you. Um, he's, you know, they, they talk about how he was the number one prospect of, you know, in in all the United States for basketball, and then he gets hurt, and then all of a sudden he's no longer the top prospect. Yang doesn't really get into like the emotional ramifications of that, but I could see how that would feel, you know, especially to a kid being told that you're the best and all of a sudden it's like oh no just because you something happened to you that you couldn't control now you're no longer the best sorry you know it's like well you're and you're garbage by the time you're like 25 or whatever yeah well, you're treated like a you're a commodity when mm-hmm. you're you know it's it's you know your arms and your shoulders and your knees and that's it kind of thing yeah it's kind of really really gross yeah and it, it's even more damaging when you're still you know mentally unformed which is why austin was such like a powerfully important character i think because he felt mentally and emotionally more settled mm-hmm. as opposed to like paris who you know was more emotionally volatile and so if something happened with him like later in like when he was drafted or if he like didn't make it like I'd worry about him but I was less worried about Austin as a character or as a real human being yeah Uh, but like the other boys I'd be worried about um but yeah like it's it's so fraught and so awful but you know I like watching certain sports and it's kind yeah. of garbage no yeah it, it's definitely a double-edged sword because i mean these are this is how these sports are played and made and they're entertaining they're fun to watch mm. it's just but yeah. the thing is is that there needs to be knowledge of of who's playing the game and what they need not just physically but emotionally you know like in life because <laughs> you know um you know the nba you know there's what 20 players on every team and there's like 30 teams so you know that's just a handful of people who make it to that point but yet think about all the colleges and all the kids and everybody who plays basketball so it's not you're not going to make it most likely to the top thing so you, you got you can't you can't just be emotionally prepared to succeed you have to be emotionally prepared to 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 fail fail <laughs> yeah yeah so because you most likely you're gonna fail in that you know don't fail in life but fail like in getting to the top 
seed, which is not really a failure because it's it's elite. It's you're still a person and you still can make the most of your life. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, well, I guess it's not really cool. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. Well, I mean, if you make it as far as you make it, you yeah. still did a pretty damn excellent job. It's not a failure. It's just not the biggest biggest success in the world. I don't know. Exactly. No, totally. I'm I'm not amazingly talented at things. I don't know how to feel about them, but you know, no, whatever. Same, same. I don't have a clue. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I grew up um, with my my sister actually was a, a top prospect um, in softball for years. So I kind of grew up with that in the family, and. And I, I do feel that there's things she didn't really fully grow as a person in some senses, you know, like she didn't mature as fast as others because because she was constantly under that microscope of of being a player, of being good. And like, and she actually ended up rebelling against all of that and like going down a completely different path and not the best path because of all the pressure that was put on her to be the best so i i i I didn't i didn't experience it firsthand but i was definitely there to watch someone go through that and it wasn't the best thing in the world (laughs) yeah so so yeah but you know i mean hopefully we make strides in mental health and race relations and everything and it won't be like that anymore um that would be fantastic so i think i and we got everything i wanted to talk about uh, is there anything else you want to add or um i think it was fantastic the coloring was really great very uh we didn't really talk about but it was very uh upbeat classic kind of comic book uh kind of like sunday cartoon comic book coloring Um, primary colors very positive very optimistic i really enjoyed it it was very pleasant to read so that was nice oh yeah i i really yeah the coloring you you're right it's it's very much sunday comic kind of style um in 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 the in the color choices and everything so i definitely yeah i could totally see that that's really cool um i like the different um panel styles that he uses throughout the book he doesn't stick to one Mm. type kind of panel he definitely chooses he chooses the layout of a page very well and i think that's pretty cool too um i think he absolutely he uses the 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 stereotypical nine panel system like once or twice but it's to good effect you know like he it's not just overused it's not just used because it's there it's he he actually uses every panel has a reason for being where it is and how it's placed on the page and that's pretty cool yeah he does a couple of like eight panels a couple of times like down yeah. the thing and where there's like a mirroring or a balancing and yeah he, he does some really different things with his panelings with like when he's doing interviews uh he makes a couple of really personal and individualized choices that um you don't see in other places i've not seen in other uh just generalized comics or in other uh 
biography comics. Uh, so I, I think it was very well done page layouts, panel choices. I agree. Oh yeah. And especially with the coach Lou interviews. Yeah. That was like, yeah. he used the, the, the multi-panels a lot and like the repeat and, and it worked because it definitely, you got the, you got the feeling that you're there and in, in, in the place and you're having the conversation with him. So mm. that's pretty cool. Okay. Well, um, if you don't have anything else to add and I don't have anything else either, um, let's, you want to go ahead and let's move on to our next se segment here. Yep, I'm good. All right. Um, so, uh, as always, we'll go to our, our kind of our last segment of the episode where we talk about uh, our looking forwards. Um, Darcy, uh, what, what book are you looking forward to today? I am doing another Far in the Future one, um, but I'm doing that so I don't forget it. <laughs> so I like to put it on this list so I remember them. Uh, so I'm doing Tide Song by Wendy Zhu. Um it is going to come out on November 16th. Um, I will post, uh, she posted it on her Twitter. Uh, so I will share that as well as uh, post a couple of links of places you can buy it. Uh, the book itself is like a, uh, she specifically said it's like kind of a Studio Ghibli thing. And it does look very much like a Studio Ghibli thing, which is kind of why I think it looks great. Uh, but it's uh, her debut graphic novel, debut solo graphic novel. I think she might have like contributed to something else, but it's kind of a solo. Uh, and the main character's name is uh, Sophie, and she's a witch, and she uh, is being pressured to attend a magic school. Uh, even though she's not like necessarily like very good at magic, but her uh, her aunt, I think, or her grandmother uh, is like pressuring her to go to this really, really good uh, magic school. Um, but she's not so sure. She's kind of like, oh, I'm not so great at magic. Uh, so she like makes an attempt to do magic on her own uh, and then she accidentally like creates a dragon or something so uh, the cover looks really adorable it's like windy and this dragon looks super studio ghibli uh, so if you're into that style of art uh, this is probably up your alley um if, if you know kiki's delivery service maybe this yeah possibly something you'd like i don't know i've not read it but i like the cover so <laughs> we'll definitely be sharing this no it, it it looks amazing the artwork the coloring it's definitely studio ghibli but it definitely has an, its own little flair to it um i love dragons i love i love magic schools for kids um and i'm glad i i will i will take any kind of medium that has Kind of a cool like magic school in it especially now that she mm -hmm. will not be named shall not be named yeah, yeah. it's is who she is so i i'm i will take that anywhere <laughs> so i um yeah i it, it's up for pre-order right now um so um and, and on the twitter on the twitter how old am i <laughs> Um, on the Twitter machines. On the, on the Twitter machines, um, she um, she actually puts a link to um, a local bookstore that you can pre-order from, so you don't have to go through Amazon yeah. or anything like that. So 
so yeah um definitely check out the twitter the tweet the tweet the twitter machines the twitter <laughs> i am aging up, you know and by the second over here you know like back in my day we only had one internet the twitter um, machines yeah so definitely um definitely check it out <laughs> I, I, I agree it looks really yeah cool. it's uh it's green light books apparently in brooklyn is what she's uh recommending so i will post it from there very cool so i have kind of a fantasy book as well um it's coming out it might be actually i think it's out um the the day before this um this episode is going to drop um it's um jana and the impossible monsters number one from oni press uh by chris and laura samney um i'm sure a lot of you are are, are familiar with chris samney uh he's he did a lot of marvel work that's pretty amazing uh recently did firepower for for skybound comics great cartoonist uh definitely i always follow him that's one of the reasons why i want to check this out um he's writing and with his wife um laura and, and he's taking doing the artwork himself but um essentially it's a story about um jana uh who has disappeared uh when, when at the same time that all these giant monsters start to appear throughout the throughout the world and so her sister uh rainbow is uh, is going on a quest to find jana and um kind of has to put herself in danger to to bring back jana back to safety but it sounds like there's a little bit more going on than that but that's kind of the 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 story that's being given in the previews so it looks good obviously um it's and um, i'm up for kind of we always talk about the the the, the kid quest the you know the, the fantasy quest it's it's always fun to read put children in danger yes <laughs> in fiction please not in real life <laughs> Most definitely just in fiction. <laughs> but still, yeah. Keep children safe in real life. It made it made Spielberg lots of money <laughs> putting children in danger. It did. And, it made some great movies. In fiction. Yeah, yeah, in fiction, please. Yes. In fiction and in the 80s. Yes, definitely. So uh, always up for that trope. Um, always yep. up for, the, yeah, that genre. With that, it can be considered a genre. I think I called it a genre when we did Paper Girls, but... I don't know if it's a genre or not, but still. Yeah, it's a trope, <laughs> yeah. but it's been a trope so often that it kind of is its own little genre. Children okay. in action danger. The the Goonies <laughs> syndrome or something. I don't know. Um, all right. So, okay. Um, well, I think we're at the end now, the official end. Uh, as always... I want to say thank you for everyone who listens. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you listen more. Uh, if you like it, please uh, shoot us a review at anywhere that you're listening at this moment. Um, if you do have a question or comment, you can uh, send us an email to uh, comicsdeserbetter at gmail.com. Visit us or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cdbpod. Um, you can check out our website at comicsdeserbetter.wordpress.com. Uh, for all our episodes, socials, um, we're we're coming to a break soon. In our um, on our recordings, I actually have 
plans for the website. I think I said that before, but this time I'm going to do it. <laughs> and um, and um, it also has our contact page and a place that you can uh, submit any suggestions for future episodes. Um, so please, please do so. Uh, well, um, thank you once again. And uh, Darcy, uh, where can we find you on the internets? Uh, I am at books underscore serial at uh, on Twitter on the Twitter machines as we now call them apparently <laughs> yes uh, I am at books and .com on WordPress uh, and I haven't posted anything in a while because I am still listening to tomorrow's monsters which remains good and it's getting a little bit tense mm -hmm. um, also listening to uh history podcast about Chippendales which is kind of funny and has nothing to do with anything serialized but it's fantastic and I highly recommend it while I'm listening to tomorrow's monsters and not writing that the sounds... Chippendales were fantastic oh man that's awesome that, that totally it's, is there was a murder involved did you know that no I didn't that is very very interesting one, of, one cool. of the guys behind the chippendales was murdered also uh total fucking like ridiculous weird connection uh you must remember this podcast uh done by karina longworth one of the mm -hmm. most fantastic people uh who just happens to be married to ryan johnson lucky man wow. um he uh that she did a podcast uh, series a while back called uh, Dead Blondes. Uh, and one of those dead blondes was a Playboy bunny, Playboy, which we talked about earlier. And one of the Playboy bunnies was killed by this man who just happened to be uh, one of the Chippendales who left. Oh, wow. There's so many threads, so many ridiculous things. No, totally. So, yeah that's pretty podcasts cool. are good right now yeah um 10 I, I i was listening to something called uh tenfold more wicked um mm. and it's like a true crime uh podcast and they're doing the broken hair murders from the 19th century in scotland where mm. these these people wouldn't murder people to to donate their bodies to science and awesome. and so, oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so you can get a lot of money doing that mm -hmm. and so it, it's um i think the last i haven't listened to the last episode yet but the last episode of this story um came out monday so i i definitely recommend that too that tenfold more wicked it's pretty cool okay. fully articulated skeletons you could get good money with that mm -hmm, definitely and you know and sometimes you know morals <laughs> go on the wayside when you need money so that's what you gotta feed yourself to exactly you can't you'll become a skeleton yourself if you don't <laughs> <laughs> all right um, well i think that might be it for everything um oh uh on the instagram machine um brygen underscore cb the twitter doodads um at brygen 2814 um all right well for for darcy i'm brian and this has been the comics deserve better podcast remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics good night night bye